everyone and welcome back to the Android Central podcast. My name is Shruti Shaker. I am the editor-in-chief here at Android Central and I have my lovely friends with me today. Nick Sutrick, hello, hello. Well, hello. <laughs> well, hello. <laughs> How are you? Um, Good. Yeah, good. Coming off crazy week, so... Uh... Glad it's Friday. It's it, huh. it 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 was a crazy week. Yes, it was. I have uh, Jerry Hildenbrand. Welcome back. We missed you, sir. I didn't miss none of y'all. <laughs> we all missed you though. <laughs> and I've got Namira South Fatmi. Hi, Namira. Hi. Hello. We're happy to have you back again, uh, and rightfully so because you wrote some amazing articles this week. But we'll get to that in just a second. Let's talk about everything. Well, let's be real. This this podcast is going to be a Samsung Unpacked podcast, uh, obviously, because Samsung Unpacked happened on January 17th. And we now know everything about the Galaxy S24 lineup of phones. Um, Samsung launched three phones, the S24 Ultra, S24 Plus, and the regular S24. And we have a lot to talk about. So let's... Um, Let's talk, let's just get right into it. Nick, let's talk about your hands-on. So you uh, got to go to the content capture, which was prior to the event, and you got to look at some of these devices, and you wrote your hands-on. It's titled Samsung Galaxy S24 Hands-On AI Coming in Clutch. Um, Talk to us about it. What are your thoughts on these devices? All right, so let's just start off with the hardware, because that's the probably least least amount of changes happening there, right? Um, <laughs> the two smaller slash least expensive ones, whatever you want to call them, um, are very similar. I mean, I guess all of them are kind of very similar to last year, right? Like they all sort of look the same on the surface. If you put them on a table, I'm not sure you'd be able to pick one up and immediately identify it. Um, the, Samsung did a nice job of rounding out the frames a little bit, though. So, like, the, both the S24 and the Plus are still... Totally flat in the front and back, which is good. Um, but they took the edges of the frames and made them blend in a little bit better. So when you're holding it, it feels a little more like a unibody design. Mm. So think it looks nicer. Sort of similar to like an HTC phone from ten years ago, right? When they used to use metal everywhere. Mm, um, it's not exactly like that, obviously, but it feels more like a single thing rather than a bunch of pieces put together. <laughs> uh, can we just? Say that again. That this brand new fancy flagship phone. Well, it feels like a HTC phone from ten years ago. <laughs> That's a good thing, if you ask me. I feel like yeah. more phones should feel like HTC phones from ten years ago. Are you kidding me? I I think the point is the point is though that that Samsung's using a design from ten years ago versus actually coming up with something, <laughs> you know, interesting. Yeah, I was thinking along the lines is it took ten years. Yeah. For somebody else to make something that good, bad, slash, regardless of how you like it. Yeah, there you go. That's that's a good way to think of it. I like that. Um, yeah. And then on the S24 Ultra, uh, they finally flattened the display mostly. There's a slight asterisk there because the, the edges are... Okay, it's, the display is flat, right? But the corner like the the left and right sides still have a very very slight curve on the glass i don't really know why they did that but they did um i haven't used a screen protector on one yet so i can't comment on if there's a gap or not but you know i have a case born case here that is pretty much square and flat so i i would say if you've got this thing in a case like that 
and you have a screen protector on it, it's probably going to look and feel flat. I can't see this very slight curve on this being a spot where it's going to hit something and break. Because, like, on my wife's S23 Ultra, because the side is curved, at one point when she dropped it, of course, it landed right in that little curved gap where there wasn't a screen protector, and it shattered the display, right? So I'm really, really glad that Samsung is getting rid of that stuff. Well, Nick, you, you've had it in your hands. Is it going to touch the swell of your hand? No. Is it going to be enough to make ghost touches? Because that's my big problem with them. No, and it won't primarily because the actual display is not under the curved glass anymore. Okay. Which is probably the more important part for some people because, yeah, I know I've I've heard that happen before. Yeah, if you've got big media, I've got like bare paw hands. And holding any phone that has curved edges on the display... Man, it just does whatever the hell it wants to do when it's in my hands because I'm touching it. I honestly, I cannot relate to that. I have like the smallest hands. Never faced this issue before. <laughs> I know. I, I can't really say that I've ever, I shouldn't say ever. I have not run into that problem in years. Um, I think when phones first started using curved displays, that, that definitely was an issue. The palm rejection was pretty terrible. Um, over the years, though, I don't. I can't even tell you the last time I ran into an issue with palm rejection on on the edges of the display. I I mean, like my personal biggest issue with the the Galaxy S Ultra design is that it's very very square, and for a phone that's yeah, this I don't big, I don't like that. Oh, I that, hate that, it. It kind of looks real ugly, dude. I don't think it looks ugly, but it's uncomfortable to hold. And they didn't change that. Yeah. It's just a big old square. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, I mean. Whatever, they're not changing it. So I wonder if it was on purpose because it looks like the Note. Yeah, it's absolutely Note design. I mean, it has been since the S22 Ultra. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay. Well, let, let's talk about um, let's talk about the Ultra. I, I, I want to get more into it in a second, but uh, one of the things from your hands-on, obviously, um, the headline itself speaks to it: AI coming in clutch, and that was sort of the premise of the unpacked event um that they're calling it now galaxy ai it's all about artificial intelligence i mean i think we had an ongoing joke about the number of times ai was used in the presentation which was don't play a drinking game you'll be dead (laughs) (laughs) literally uh you know okay so let's talk about that those ai features Bearing in mind the one article that we are going to be talking about, do not talk about that yet because I want to get to it. But let, let's talk about some of those AI features. What are some of those AI features that that Samsung is bringing to these phones? And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's it's currently only on the Ultra, but eventually will be released to all of the S24 lineup devices as well as the S23 devices, if I'm not if I'm correct. So all 11 new AI features are on all S24 phones. There, There is nothing exclusive to the Ultra, which is really nice. That's, uh, That's nice. the polar opposite of what Google did with the Pixel 8. Um, yeah. And then with the One UI 6.1 update, uh, these same features will also come to the S23, S23 Plus, S23 Ultra, S23 FE, the Fold 5, the Flip 5, and the Galaxy Tab S9. So Samsung is bringing this to a bunch of phones. If you got an S23, don't upgrade. <laughs> Just don't <laughs> spend the money. It is not worth yeah. it. And that's that's kind of the whole reasoning behind the 
AI coming in clutch title, right? It's because really without these features, I don't know why you would want to upgrade over anything older. I mean, I, I guess for like a newer processor or whatever, but yeah, these are the features that are really going to sell this phone to somebody who has an older Galaxy phone, and they're sweet, okay? So with these, Samsung is launching a ton of awesome new AI features. There's lots of translation features, um, lots of other generative AI stuff. So like, I don't, I don't know about you all, but I'm pretty much never going to use these translation features. Maybe like when I go to Barcelona next month, I'll use them a few times, but outside of that... I really can't see myself. No, everyone in Barcelona speaks English, so you won't use it. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe there's like a menu in Spanish that I'll need to read or something. <laughs> but, <laughs> but in any case, you know, a lot of those features I feel like are pretty niche. They will be very nice when you need them. Um, and that's sort of the theme with a lot of these AI features, right? Is like they're kind of niche. They're cool ideas. You probably won't use most of them every day. But when you do want to use them, they're really cool. And... Uh, I think of all the generative AI stuff that they have launched, the instant slow-mo is my favorite feature. Um, and so what happens there is when you are playing a video back through the um, Samsung Gallery app, you press and hold on the video at any time. This can be any video. It does not have to be recorded with the S24. When you press and hold on it, it now drops it to a quarter speed which means that it is running it at probably 10 frames a second since your videos are usually recorded at 30. And then those extra frames that don't exist are being created on device with AI. So you now have an automatic slow-mo video and it's really, really cool because you don't have to record everything in slow-mo anymore. You can just press and hold on the video and bam, you have a slow-mo video. And it looks really good too. Like for the most part, it's super convincing. You'll see like little little goofy glitches here and there. But this works instantly too. You don't have to like press and hold and wait and then it has to process or something. You just press and hold and it's AI created slow-mo right there on device, which is nuts. And I even like put airplane mode on and tested it. This is running 100% on device. It's really, really cool. Hmm. Interesting. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I I kind of wish we are talking about the next the the topic with respect to AI, but but that <laughs> that there's quite a bit that I want to talk about that. So, hold, listeners, just hold the thought of AI in your head because we're gonna come back. We to could it. legit spend an entire podcast on AI. Let's just be real. No, we could. I'll I know we don't want to, but we could. <laughs> we there's don't, enough we, of it. Listen, if we do, Jerry, you don't have to join us. That's okay. totally fine. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about uh, the the thing that Samsung did just 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 decided to not do because <laughs> they just chose to not do it. Uh, Samsung dropped the ball on Qi two with the Galaxy S twenty four. Numera she wrote a fantastic editorial uh, about how Samsung just dropped the ball for whatever reason. Uh, tell us about this editorial, Numera. What what? about it, what is it about, and, and why did you write it? Well, I think it's uh, obviously it started off with the idea, the notion that we all expected Samsung to launch the S24 series with Qi2 on it, right? Everybody was hoping, counting on that, actually. And we were really surprised when Samsung decided to go in another direction. But what was even more confusing was their reasoning for not including it. So, I mean, as we all know here, Samsung said that they deemed it 
unnecessary at this point in time to add that to the S24 series. But honestly, I feel like this was the perfect opportunity for them. Uh, it would have looked really, really good for them if they had added it because, you know, MagSafe accessories are so popular recently, especially for Android, right? But as we discovered, uh, I mean, there's something that this is what I want Nick to share, basically. We ran some tests and experiments, and as we discovered, it's not probably not just because Samsung deemed it unnecessary, but also because it was not playing nice with their S24. Uh, Nick, you want to talk about that? <laughs> um, yeah, so I think this uh, particular topic speaks to how unpopular MagSafe was with Android users up until recently because um, it looks like a lot of MagSafe accessories uh, when they're attached to some MagSafe cases will interfere with the S Pen's function. Um, so long story short there is the S Pen uses a Wacom digitizer. It's the same as like a Wacom tablet you'd get for drawing, right? And those use magnets to detect where the pen is, how much pressure you're applying, etc. Um, so, as you might imagine, putting a magnet on the back of your phone kind of messes that up, right? Um, but that, I, I'm really curious. <laughs> Sorry, okay, it's you okay. continue. Finish the thought, because I have a question with respect to this. So, you go you go first. Finish finish the thought. Okay, so it, it looks like, based on our testing so far, the S22 Ultra, S23 Ultra, and S24 Ultra are all affected. Um, I don't know yet which accessories, you know, in total affect this. Some that we have do, some don't. Um, it seems like thicker cases usually make it better, most likely because they have a layer of padding in there that keeps the magnets from interfering with the phone itself. Um, I know, Namira, you used a pop socket on your S22 Ultra, and it worked fine. I have uh, one Spigen ring. I always say the name wrong. Um, and I've tested it on both S24 Ultra and S23 Ultra with a couple of different cases that I have. The only ones it seems to for sure not work with are like the super thin ones, like the Aramid Fiber. Uh, some of the other ones are hit or miss. Um, the carved traveler case is a thicker case, and there's zero interference at all on that one. So I, I think the question is, will this cause long-term issues if you use it? I would wager to say no at this point, but I mean, without using it like this for months, I can't for sure say. It's probably better to be on the safe side and just not use a MagSafe accessory with your Galaxy S Ultra phone, uh, probably for the foreseeable future. Wait, okay, so back to the question that I had. So can you guys remind me, the, the newer iPads, do they have MagSafe? On them? I think it's important to mention here that uh, so the Qi2 standard actually debuted with the iPhone 15 series. So all iPhone 15 models come with Qi2. So they're using the same technology uh, as you know the one that we would like to see on our new. Well, Android the reason the reason why I asked that question is because I can't remember if the latest iPad has MagSafe. I actually don't think it does. And if that's the case, then that's actually kind of really interesting because that's probably exactly why Samsung has not in introduced Qi 2 because that's why Qi 2 is not available or MagSafe is not available on your iPad because it interferes with the Apple Pencil. 
And this shows why G2 standard is stupid, broken, and should have never happened. Oh, God. Namara, do you have thoughts on that? No, come on, Jerry. It could be the answer to it all. The power no, of the, the sun. answer to it all is companies like Samsung can make their own magnetic charger that works instead of sticking to a standard that was written by people who don't build phones, who don't do anything with screen digitization, and who have no idea what interference this could cause. Here's a new standard. It sucks. I'm glad that Samsung's not using it. I hope they never use it. I hope it goes away. <laughs> Namira, do you have thoughts to say about this? <laughs> you know, Jerry, what is your solution then? Samsung makes their own proprietary standard, and they, they're like, they gatekeep it, and they make everybody pay money for it, and they have like 10 billion different chargers. What? No, that's creating e-waste. Do you know how many chargers I have in my apartment? Hey, if you want to have magnets on the back of your phone to attach a wireless charger and use an S Pen, it's something that Samsung's going to have to develop. The standard will never work, and the standard is broken because of that. It just won't work. This, this is super fascinating because when we asked Samsung why... It doesn't have Qi2. Their answer was such nonsense. I won't even tell you the answer. It... No, but we have to be careful about that because it was like the first answer that they did give us, they were like, oh, no, actually, that's not that's not the answer. And then they kind of backtracked. And it, it I, I, I think I think the reason why they they didn't include it, it, it has to be more than than what they try to give to us as a response. I think it, it has more to do with the hardware, the functionality of the phone, the inter likely the interference of an S Pen on this phone and how it is getting affected. Um, I just I think that 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 actually makes so much more sense if if the case is that you know the iPad does not have MagSafe and. Like that's the reason for why, because it would interfere with the Apple Pencil. That that is actually that makes so much more sense. Right, and and I have a feeling that you know what happened behind the scenes is probably something like they tested Qi two on all these phones. It probably worked fine on the S twenty four and the Plus, and then they got to the Ultra and went, oh, it breaks the S Pen. And I'm sure somewhere along the lines they looked at ways to fix it and couldn't figure it out in time, because. You know, we're on this crazy annual release cycle where you got to have a new phone every year. And if they don't have enough time in R&D to figure this stuff out, well, then you just pull it out and go back to whatever you had before. And, and they're between a rock and a hard place. Sure. You give me two hours, a little bit of cardboard and some Gorilla Glue, I'll make a magnetic wireless charger that works on the S24. Period. I, it'd be ugly and horrible, but Samsung could have figured this out without a lot of effort. But then they're getting just berated to death for not sticking to a standard, introducing their own thing. This is a money gouge, blah, blah, blah. You know how we would all react. So Let's they talk just about money gouging, it. though. Let's yeah. talk about money gouging. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. Let's, let's talk. <laughs> I just have to get this out of me, all right? Samsung tested it with the S24, the S24 Plus, and S24 Ultra. But, I mean, hypothetically, right? We imagine. So it could actually probably have worked on the S24 and the S24 Plus. There's no stylus there. So they actively chose not to put Qi2 on those phones because, oh boy, we're charging $100 extra for our Ultra for no damn reason. And we can't have one feature that's not on the Ultra, but it's on the cheaper devices. 
That doesn't make sense. But we have <laughs> titanium frames. Boo! I'm sorry. <laughs> Rant over. Continue. I think they also mentioned that, like, with yeah okay so titanium blah 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 whatever whatever it's uh, going in a case anyway nobody cares <laughs> i think i think there's a lot of other things that samsung claims that the ultra has that is what's costing it a hundred dollars more but regardless of that um i just yeah i mean i think it's interesting that that they did this i actually would love to hear jerry's perspective on this so why not include it on the s24 and the s24 plus and not in the ultra and just come clean about it they're they're just not gonna oh the cheaper phone has a feature that the more expensive phone doesn't that's that's the Mm. answer but mm-hmm. inside, I hope it's like a form of protest. Screw you, USB consortium. <laughs> I hate your new standard, but that probably wasn't the case. Okay, I want to talk about um, more price couching because price couching. I can't speak apparently. <laughs> price price gouging uh, with a little discovery that we made on Wednesday. Uh, Brady Snyder, one of our news freelancers, wrote a fantastic actually he was the one who found it uh found uh found this little detail that a lot of people decided well didn't notice uh the the title of his article is called uh, samsung plans to charge for certain galaxy ai features after two years so essentially samsung today announced its new galaxy s24 series of flagship smartphones which have artificial intelligence features the collection of features called galaxy ai will become a paid service at the end of 2025, at least some of the features shipping with the new Galaxy S24 will be locked behind a paywall after two years. Dun, dun, dun. That's, that's, that's not what that disclaimer, I know that's what it says. <laughs> that's not what it means. It can't be. Well, it's like I, I gave an analogy to Andrew. It's, would you drink motor oil? Would any human being drink motor oil? No. Yet the bottle of motor oil tells you to give you cancer if you drink it. Because that's the motor oil companies covering their butts because there are laws that say, you know, you have to warn people about this and you have to do this and that. So Samsung is saying, hey, look, here's what you got. Here's our guarantee that you're going to have it until 2025 when maybe something better comes along and they're not going to include it on other phones or... You know, maybe newer phones, they're going to pay, make you pay for it, or they're going to invent new features that they charge you for. That is probably, that's got to be what that means. It's got to well, be. And that's what, and, and Brady was, was quick to write that as well. He said, Galaxy AI features will be provided free of charge until the end of 2025 on supported Samsung Galaxy devices. The notation reads, while this does not guarantee you'll have to pay for Galaxy AI features after two years, the possibility remains open. Similar to what you're saying, um, Jerry. It's got to be. And, you know, this wouldn't be the first time Samsung worded things very awkwardly. Mm. Okay, so so speaking of that, let's talk about Andrew because he wrote a reaction piece to this because he, um, well, initially he was, well, his piece is, is essentially a reaction to what you wrote, Jerry, about Samsung's AI going to be a dumpster fire, essentially. Um, but he kind of also reacted to this, this notion that you are potentially going to get charged 
uh, after two years uh, for these AI features. And so his editorial is titled, I'm not buying the Galaxy S24 and Galaxy AI is to blame. Basically alluding to the fact that, you know, it's kind of ridiculous because of this hidden footnote. Um, I, I It's... Um, it's a great editorial. I, I genuinely enjoyed it, but I'm, I'm curious if, if you think slash agree with, with Andrew and if people are going to not get this device because of this um, disclaimer. You know, I, I'm a weird fella. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> I, I, I see little things like this, and I could see myself having the same reaction as Andrew. If I had planned to buy this phone, I saw that thing that well this gives samsung the option to charge me a subscription for something that i already paid for screw them i'm not buying this phone so i can i can see his point but no don't don't let this be the reason not to buy the phone unless you're weird like andrew and i ain't nothing wrong with being weird though no no but this this i really and and you you know i'm not samsung i'm just some random dude I don't think it means what it says, mm-hmm. but even if it does, in two years you're gonna buy another phone anyway. Yeah, that's and that's. I, and I think that's their hope. So I, you know, I don't think we mentioned it yet, but Apple did this with the satellite connectivity feature. But it, it's kind of different from that, though. It's a little different from that, because with the satellite, with the satellite connectivity stuff, like you kind of have to go through carriers for. You know, and at some point, carriers are going to be like, oh, we, we want to make money out of this system and you can't just offer it for free. Like, it's a it's a carrier business that that would make sense for them to charge for that. It, I don't see how it, if if like Jerry says, because, you know, it's, there's a possibility that no, none of this is going to happen after two years. But if Samsung were to say, oh, yeah, let's charge. That's that's completely different. That's Samsung benefiting from it. They're not oh, partnering yeah, that's, with that's the money gouge. They're yeah. scumbags. Never buy another one of their products ever again. This, yeah, yes, and and this really hinges on the fact that of the eleven new AI features on these phones, only three of them work offline. So that means which ones? Uh, now you ask me, and I got to go look it up. Hold on, I, I got it in my <laughs> I got it in my hands on. It'll only take me a second. All right, here we go. So, edit suggestions photo ambient wallpaper, and translation features. Funny enough, Samsung didn't mention instant slow-mo in any of these, so technically it would be 12 new features and four of them work offline. I'll think about editing that later. But in any case... Let's look at the opposite (laughs) of that. Which highlight important features to you need to have an online connection? Uh, None of them. No, I mean, no... I'm saying as it exists now, the features that are there, which ones do you think that are important that people will like but also require an online connection for now? So I think, okay, some of the things that are obviously going to require them is circle to search because you have to search right, the internet. that's Google. That's not yes. Samsung. They well, just it's still, it's still a, do. quote, AI feature that requires internet connection. And that obviously can't change because it has to it has to ask a Google server what the results are, right? And it's not new. I mean I, I used it on a Chromebook years ago. None of these other features to me require the use of a cloud server. But now, they do for right now, that's what I'm saying. Right now they have right, to do it. But I'm saying like feature wise, conceptually, nothing on this list 
other than circle to search should require the cloud. If these processors in your phone can do this, and we know they can, they may just not be able to do it as quickly or as well, but they can do some form of this stuff, right? There should be a way to say, yes, I want a less accurate, you know, less interesting, whatever version of it run on device. Because if you go in Photoshop and you use some of their services, you can select local or cloud. And again, not all of them do, but when you select the local ones, you pretty much always end up with a slightly worse result because the processor on your computer isn't built for AI processing in the way that these cloud services are, right? And I feel like a lot of these services should offer the same options. If they can do some of this stuff, like if Instant Slow Mo can automatically generate frames that don't exist without touching the cloud, why the heck can't generative wallpaper work on my phone, right? Like this doesn't make sense. <laughs> Other than they're trying to figure out ways to monetize services for the future. And right now they're just afraid to charge for it. Okay. I looked up the ones myself since you wouldn't work with me. God, give me my, my. Okay. <laughs> and I, I've got a list of the ones here that require the cloud today. Uh, some of them, Magic Compose Texting, Writing Assistant, uh, Circle to Search. Those either make sense or it's good that they have a cloud connection. Magic Compose Texting and Writing Assistant. If you buy a new phone tomorrow because your phone broke, wouldn't you like to have all that stuff that you've already written or you want to keep access to that? So it's good those two are, are cloud connected. Circle to search, that's not Samsung, that's Google. The rest, yes, they should be able to have been done on the phone. They weren't. But even those other features you mentioned, they're not saved on the cloud, right? These are things that are just queried on the cloud and then you get the result. Right, they they should be. They could be. I'm looking at ways Samsung could justify charging I for see. any of this. Okay, we're we're like we're talking around circles in this. <laughs> right, that that's what I was getting to. If Samsung, like, okay, writing assistant, this basically helps you put your thoughts together into something that you would be willing for other people to read. That's something you want saved in the cloud. I, I'm. I mean, that's you, you want to be able to work from anywhere. You want to be able to save it in case disaster happens and you break your phone. Uh, the same with Magic Compose Texting. If you've spent a year putting, you know, when you start to type something, you want it to come up a certain way and be, a, be saying a certain thing. Once you get that all figured out, you want it to be saved somewhere. Uh, the rest... <sighs> I don't see why they require any cloud connection, but they do. I, I'm saying Samsung could justify an, a, a fee for some of these. I wouldn't agree with it, but I could see them trying, let's say trying, to justify charging you. The same way, uh, oh, what's that spell-checking mess that everybody uses? That Yeah, Grammarly doesn't... It, it it really, you know, there, there's no reason I would ever pay for Grammarly. I don't need anything saved. I don't need their AI component. I just want it to check the words I've written and tell me when they're spelled wrong. But a lot of people do like the, the, the cloud feature of Grammarly where the back end works and it 
can you know help you phrase things better that's how they justify paying you wanting you to pay for it get a pro subscription samsung could do something like that if they were able to like say okay here it is without that extra and we're not going to charge for that isn't isn't that basically what google does though with what is it is it uh is it OneNote? is that what they call it no what is it called are you the, talking about Microsoft OneNote or no, 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 not OneNote. So what am I thinking of? It's um, doesn't doesn't Google have like a like a subscription service for yeah for, for Google One a couple there we go features. that's that, yeah. that that's what it is it's it's similar to that and that's what I was saying before was like they could offer basic functionality that runs local on device obviously it has limitations because you can't you can't put a whole LLM on these devices it's too much data right you can have a miniature one. And it just does what it does, and whatever the limitations it run in, runs into, that's fine. You'll understand that as a user and then go, I need more from this. Let me try out this feature and see how much more the cloud can give me. And I'd be willing to pay Samsung. Like I feel like this could have been such a good gateway for them to go, here's what your phone can do. Here's what our subscription can do, right? And like they could help people understand, yes, these devices are awesome. Yes, this AI stuff is really helpful. But... You have to have the cloud to really make this thing work a hundred percent. But I, th- I think, but I think that it goes back to what Jerry was saying, which I like. I don't think Samsung was thinking that far ahead. Like I don't, I don't even <laughs> think that's what Samsung wants. Like no, genuinely, I think, I think it goes back to what Jerry was saying, which is they just put that on as a disclaimer and they worded it awkwardly and realistically, like they're not really going to charge you. It's just something that. When did Bing integrate ChatGPT? Was it the beginning of 2023? Has it only been a year? It's been over a year now. Okay. But it's only been just over a year, right? Yeah, it's just it's okay. just over a year. So yeah, now. I'm going to go with what you're saying there and that this is like, I don't want to say cobbled together because I feel like it was probably organized a little better than cobbled. But mm, yeah, but I, it's I definitely don't... like decisions made in the last few months yeah. is what we're and seeing I, here. I also don't think like, like I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not trying to be rude to Samsung. Like I, I promise, <laughs> I promise you when I say that, but like, I genuinely don't think that they were thinking that far ahead to be like, Oh, like let's, uh, blah, blah, blah. like, no, I think they, they just literally put this together because they needed this disclaimer. And also let's talk about the fact that it's so stupid to sell somebody something and be like, Hey, you're buying this at an increased price over last year. But also, you might lose the main, like the the unique selling point of the device after two after one year or so. Like it's really bad for them. I don't think that I I genuinely think people are reading into it. That's the whole point that we're trying to make. Like I think people are reading into it more than they should be, and I think that that partly has to do with Samsung for not phrasing this correctly or not using the right terminology or not jumping out as soon as it this hit the internet. Somebody at Samsung saw this just as soon as somebody else saw it. Yeah. And saw that people are going to start talking about it. Yeah. That's when they need to come forward and clarify. And they didn't do that. And that's really all on Samsung. But that's also, that also goes back to something you and I have talked about, Jerry, a number of times, which is companies can choose, they can pick and choose when they want to react to something. Uh, they can pick and choose when they want to offer a bug fix and actually publicly talk about it. Like, 
maybe Samsung is fully, like you said, well aware of this. And they're just like, eh, we're like, let them deal with it. We don't, it's not important enough for us to address it publicly. Like it could, that even could be the case. Right. And that's just no reaction is a reaction. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, any amount of press is any amount of press. They're still getting people to talk about the ultra, aren't they? So oh, wait, before we move too far away, my long rambling round in circles mess that I was trying to say before, Nick, if Samsung did what you're describing, what I tried to describe, here's what you've got now. But since these are connected to the cloud, here's extra you could get if you pay for it. Would you be okay with that? Yes. Really? Okay. Yes. Why? I, I I would, as long as what I bought didn't change, and they wanted to build on top of it and charge me for it, I'd be okay with that. That's exactly I, why. I, I disagree. <laughs> I do not agree with either anyone, any one of you guys, actually. We're, we're but... at 75% agreement right now, so I'd say we win. Well, I just... <sighs> Yeah, I would have I a don't... huge problem if they took something away after they took my money. That I would have a problem with. But my problem is I also think that all three of you are super users. If you ask the average consumer, they are not going to pay money for services that they are likely not going to use. So case in point, I'm the winner but here. Thanks. these are okay. the main selling points of the phone. <laughs> That's why it's pissing me off. Why are you advertising this then? This is the most important and new thing about the phone. Again, Talk about something but, else. But I, again, your concerns are completely validated. I just think it goes back 100% to what Jerry is saying, which is they probably didn't even think about this. They didn't think that people are going to react to it. They didn't. And, and if they did, they're just like, eh, whatever. It's not something that we care it's, about. It's important to also realize that very few people are reacting to it. Yeah, oh, that too. The world is not internet yeah. nerds that talk about phones on Twitter that's, and that's Android true. Central. That's true. You mean we're not the center of the universe, no. Jerry? <laughs> no. M most people, all they know is Samsung's got a new phone and it does some cool ai stuff and that's it that's where it ends they, the person at the at&t store can tell them more when they buy right and and i have a feeling like jerry was saying earlier whoever was saying the two-year thing earlier that the two-year thing was done for cya like this is them kicking it down the road going we'll figure this out within the next two years no problem let's just say two years and then if we can't change the plan then we'll just stick to the two-year plan because they can always amend it. Like, again, with Apple, they added an extra year. I wonder if this is also because of... I, I think I might be thinking too much into this uh, when I say the statement. But I also wonder if the reason why they put that disclaimer is to potentially comply with governments around the world. Because any any country in the world, like, anytime you bring in a device, it always has to go through, like, checks and balances with, like health canada or like you know fda whatever it is like it has to go through like checks so that you know it doesn't blow up which has actually happened with samsung devices before <laughs> that's probably so, why it was written so poorly because it was probably like legalese you know what i mean yeah no and, and it's I, also remember when uh this was first found it was only on the australian yes page. well that's why i'm saying like i wonder if this was written because they felt like 
it might have to do with like government comp like complying with government regulations or whatever it may be i don't know what that is and if you think about it um you know at least in canada and i'm sure other countries in the eu for example there are starting to solidify rules and regulations around artificial intelligence and again i'm not suggesting that that you know yields to like what AI is possible in your phones, but it could. And I wonder if that is what this is also alluding to. Like they are just trying to comply with whatever governments are going to issue, whatever that is. I have one final thought here that I just thought of. Uh, do you know one thing this does guarantee? In, in two years when Google realizes nobody's using circle to search and they try to get rid of it, they can't. Mm-hmm. You have it in writing that that has to stay mm-hmm. next year when Google decides to throw it away. Yeah, that's true. All right, so write it down. Circle to search yep. dies January 19th, 2026. <laughs> well, nobody's nobody's going to use that. That's a nerd feature that <laughs> I think it's cool, but the average user isn't going to do that. So it's not going to be popular. And if it goes away, it could go away, but it can't for two years. Let's talk about the next thing because i'm kind of sick of talking about about this (laughs) this topic okay (laughs) let's talk about uh, an exclusive article that we got uh and it was published this morning by nick congratulations nick uh he was able to get some awesome responses from oneplus um uh delivering an exclusive article for our site which which is really amazing uh it's titled ultra bright displays are destroying our eyes but the oneplus 12 gets it right now i know we've been talking about samsung this whole time but this article is fully tied to the galaxy s24 so uh but it is also obviously talking about the oneplus 12 which is going to be launched very soon so nick why don't you talk to us about this but obviously bring us bring us back to that context as to why this is related to the galaxy s24 okay so um oled displays right uh, last i would say two years we've seen a huge increase in brightness levels from them um i would say for quite a long time oleds were always like yeah, they had the the better contrast ratio, and you might like the colors, but they were always really dim, right? Um, and so over the last two, may, maybe three years, we've seen them get way brighter than LCDs. Um, and in fact, the S24 line, the whole line, is 2600 nits peak brightness, which if you look at last year's Galaxy S models, those were 1750 nits, and that was a crazy number then, right? So going from 17 to 2600 is already nuts. And then you look at the OnePlus 12's display, and it's 4,500 nits peak brightness. Like, the number almost makes no sense. It's it, it Like, it's blinding just listening to the number. It, it sounds painfully <laughs> bright, right? It sounds... It's twice as bright as you will ever, ever use. Oh my god! It's so yes. it's so painful. Like why? Who? Who? I don't which, understand. It's which, so unnecessary. Like it, why? Well, no, it's it's. You know what it does though? That's um, another thing on a spec sheet that's super damn impressive. Correct. It's not. It's not. When I look at that. Not to us. To who? Not to us. But to there, there there are a large portion of people who buy devices because of the specs, and those people love OnePlus as a brand. Listen, okay, look, Jerry, I'm going to say something, and you're going to hate me for it, 
but the only person who's going to find this impressive is my father. Okay. And I question that because I love, I love my father, but only, no, he's... That, but that's not the only, that's what I'm saying is this makes sense for one plus to do this. Number one, because they can, it probably didn't cost any more money to make it way brighter than it needs to be than it did to make it bright enough. Number two, the people that buy OnePlus phones are the people that love specs. You've got the, those two things meet. It's like the Venn diagram. They're the people in between in those two circles. Mm -hmm. So this was smart for OnePlus to do it. Yeah, even and also we don't need it. No, and also I think I mean OnePlus as a brand like has always been known as the brand that like you can tinker with and make it more right. It's the brand for nerds. Yeah, it's the, it's exactly like that is absolutely what OnePlus has always been known as. You're right. So I thought it was, was genius when I read it. Well, my first thought was why. Yeah, that's dumb. But then my second thought was ah genius. <laughs> and and so the interesting thing. Uh, pertaining to that to me in this is that they are obviously catering to their users yes um and one thing i was really happy with and the reason i asked them for this interview was because um not just because of the display right not just because the numbers are crazy but also because since they took away the dc dimming feature back in 2021 People on their forums have been like, where is this feature? Why did you take it away? We liked this. We wanted this. And so with the introduction of this, they have now put it back. Although, whatever, I won't get into the weeds. Um, this is, they are allowing users basically to select the type of dimming they want once again, which sort of goes back to their community roots kind of thing. OnePlus has pretty much always been a community brand. And I know a lot of people were really unhappy with OnePlus over the last maybe two years when they started integrating with with oppo a little more um you know oxygen os and color os are now the same uh code base um, and all of that stuff brought about a lot of changes that the you know hardcore OnePlus users were typically ticked off about right and so we've now seen that the company saw that reaction and went oh crap uh, maybe we shouldn't go this path. Maybe we should try to to you know go back to listening to our users again. And to me, that's what is the most impressive about this. It's not even just that they figured out you know people want this type of display or they have to provide options for certain users that want them. It's that they are listening to people and they are implementing things that people want in their phones. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's fair. It's fair. I just, I, I'm still baffled. <laughs> you know, I, I, I get both sides of this, Ruthie. I'm with you. This is, I don't care if it gets, you know, make it 10 gabillion nits and let me use it as a laser and burn down airplanes as they fly by. I Whatever you want to do. But it's the fact that I agree with Nick completely. OnePlus did it because the people that buy their phones wanted it. And that's the sign of a good brand, in my opinion. Yeah, because there are several other brands that we've talked to. And I, I, I don't want to say they don't care about their users because that's not fair to say. But some brands will not talk to us about some topics. That is, that is the only reason. That's the only, <laughs> the, that's the only area of kudos I will give to OnePlus, which is that they, they took the time to actually talk to you. Like that. Yes. 
that is very that's very respectable of them and you know despite me disagreeing with their decision i still am so grateful that they are actually talking about a topic that like no brand wants it like you've been dealing with no brands talking to you for like the longest time ever so for a fairly reputable company to talk to you about this is is quite impressive at least from from one plus's perspective i think right and and you know up until now I would say mainly it's just Motorola that has been willing to talk to me. And even then, mm-hmm. there have been plenty of Motorola phones that have launched, you know, since that point that have not worked for people with light sensitivity issues. Yeah. So it's not like they've taken this on themselves as like a brand initiative, you know, to be the the one brand that works for people like me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we've seen that from some other manufacturers, Honor and others, but yeah, I, I, it's nice to see OnePlus doing this with its flagship phone, you know, for the users buying for the spec stuff, because a lot of times the phones that work for people with light sensitivity issues kind of suck, right? It, it's also <laughs> pretty cool that their engineering team was willing to investigate and find this workaround. I, for From, you know, a technical perspective, it's not difficult what they're doing. But just to take the time to figure this out is kind of cool. Yeah, 100%. Okay, um, that's it for our podcast. No, I'm just kidding. I know you guys are probably Uh, like, uh, why haven't you talked about the biggest news of the entire show? Well, we wanted to wait until the very end, so... Grab the now drink. you have to listen the whole way through. Grab a drink and and grab some food because we're about to talk about the biggest news that was dropped by Samsung. So let's talk about the Samsung Galaxy Ring. Dun 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 dun. dun. I don't know, guys. <laughs> we, we need we need to we need to just re-record the podcast and begin with that. Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. So yeah. Obviously, biggest news of the entire show was the. The, the ball that was dropped at the very end, uh, unexpectedly, I think most people were not expecting Samsung to announce a Galaxy Ring, but they did. They teased a Galaxy Ring on screen. Um, Derek uh, wrote the article, Samsung just dropped a Galaxy Ring teaser as it sets its sights on the Aura Ring. Uh, Samsung dropped a surprise teaser for its upcoming Galaxy Ring during Unpacked. The wearable is expected to compete with other smart rings, such as the popular Aura Ring, which, by the way, I am currently wearing. Uh, Samsung showed off a brief glimpse of the wearable, which will likely arrive later this year. Okay, who wants to talk about this? I have a lot of thoughts about this, so who wants to go first? Okay, I, I want to go first because okay, go. I only have one thought. <laughs> go. When they first said that, I didn't know whether I wanted to compare it to before you die you see the ring that movie i haven't seen or that. oh the ring like the ring yeah yeah it, yeah, yeah. i i don't know exactly the name of that movie it's I just it's just it. called the ring okay it's the ring i yeah. just saw the ads that say before you die you see the ring. yes yes this yes circle of light yes yes or at the end of the lords of the ring when that little guy golem is falling down <laughs> into the lava and he holds the ring above his head and he calls it my precious my mind hit both of those at once, and I don't know so, which is better. So, okay, so I want to respond to that because um, we're going to digress for like, I don't know, like a minute. Um, so, first and foremost, we were actually, well, Derek was going to do a Lord of the Rings reference to his article, and I was like, 
no <laughs> but then <laughs> we should have done it sorry I was, i'm sorry i should we should okay sorry but when derek ends up doing the review eventually he is going to implement it somehow i don't i don't know he is uh second second point is um the ring is this the movie that will will always be and will remain the scariest movie i have ever seen in my life only because let me tell you why let me tell you why in hindsight it's actually if you watch it it's not as scary anymore but like when i watched it i went and watched it in the movies and i didn't know it was a scary movie and so when we when the first scene happened if you've seen the movie it's really terrifying i have never screamed so loudly in a movie theater holy cow so i that's interesting that that was what you thought of jerry <laughs> well the ad the ad looked exactly like that thing yes, samsung showed fair enough you know that ring of fire yes. light stuff yes i'm yes. like god it's <laughs> probably not the the you know the look you want to put out for your product oh my god okay uh no actual thoughts on the ring um so anyone you know what? i'm just gonna go so here here's my here are my two cents because I, I do wear the aura ring and I've had quite a few conflicting feelings about it, but for the most part, positive feelings. Um, I think the thing that like I don't like about it is that you don't have a screen to monitor your fitness or anything, but that's the point of a fit of this ring, of the aura ring. Like it's not, it's more, it's more of a ring to monitor your sleep patterns, your your stress levels throughout the day your mood, your, for women, your menstrual cycle, like it's not, it's not a ring that is designed to track your fitness per se. Like it still does track that. So if I were to do a workout, it will fit, like it will pick up that I've done a workout and then you can go into the app and select, yes, I've done a workout, but it's not like an Apple watch or a, or a galaxy watch. Like it's, it's not meant to function in the same way. And initially that was what made me not like the aura ring. But then after I understood that fact, I rewore the aura ring and now I wear it every single day with the knowledge that this is not a an Apple watch. This is not a, um, a, a galaxy watch. This is a ring that monitors every other aspect of my health, like my sleep patterns, my menstrual cycle. Like it's, it's a supplementary item for, uh, potentially a watch, which is where I think Samsung will succeed with a galaxy ring. Will it make me go get a galaxy ring? No. Cause I am very loyal to aura and I really like the aura ring, but it will, I personally think it will it will convince a lot of Android users to get a Galaxy Ring, especially if they already own a Galaxy Watch and they already own a Galaxy phone. This is a really, really wonderful way of tying in your ecosystem so that things are so seamless. And, you know, I think with a ring, like for example, when I heard that, you know, like Galaxy watches can monitor your sleep, I kind of was like, why would you wear your watch to sleep? That sound, that feels, that sounds and feels very uncomfortable. But wearing the Aura Ring, I don't even think about it. So people in the future could say, all right, I'm gonna, just going to take my watch off and wear my Galaxy Ring to monitor my sleep patterns. It will be a complimentary device. Okay, thank you. Welcome to my tech. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Okay.
that those are my two cents. Those are my thoughts. So yeah, all in all, I, I genuinely think this will be a successful move for Samsung. I, I see it as an opportunity for Samsung, but not necessarily successful. Uh, and it all centers around the price. Nobody's going to pay more, a penny more than $300 for this. Most people aren't going to be happy paying three hundred dollars for this. But why? Why would they price it? Why would they price it for more than three hundred? It's already the the market has already been like, it's already there are already um, fitness ring brands that have set the price uh, like a standard price. Right. But did you hear the second part of what I was saying? Nobody's <laughs> going to be happy paying three hundred dollars. Yeah, fair for enough. A, a price with, or for a device without a screen from Samsung. So they, they've got their work cut out for them because Aura, I'll use those in, them as an example. I don't know how many they sold. Let's say it's between one and five million. That's great for Aura. That's a big deal. Your first product, you sell more than a million. For Samsung, if they only sell a million, they're discontinuing this thing. Okay, I'm going to interject to you for a second. So in march 2022 aura announced that it has sold more than a million rings so let's say they've doubled that at least since then mm -hmm. even so unless samsung can sell 10 million or more of this they're going to cancel it. it it's not worth them continuing to develop for a product that only one out of a hundred users are interested in but unless unless they market it the way that I was saying that it is a companion product to your smartwatch and they offer it as like a bundle. I I feel like that would make more sense. But but also the it's important for them to not be Samsung here for a minute. This thing can't have 900 features that it does mostly poorly. It needs to have a short list of features that it does very very well like aura yeah you 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 wear it the aura doesn't do a lot but what it does it does really well that's what this has to be yeah and and the you're right and i keep flip-flopping on my thoughts on aura mainly because of the fact that there is no screen on it that was a, that was something that really affected my thinking towards the aura ring because i was this is completely side note but i stopped wearing my apple watch like it's january i stopped wearing it like in august because um it was just causing a lot of mental stress on me i was like so anxious with my apple watch like i was constantly looking at like notifications like I, I was also really stressed at work because I had just transitioned into becoming EIC and that was like reflected in my Apple Watch and it, it genuinely like it stressed me out to the point where I I just I needed to stop wearing my watch and so I stopped wearing it and I haven't worn it for three months and my mental health has not been better like it's been, it's been so much better since I have removed the watch from my system you heard it here the Apple Watch is bad for your mental health I well I'm not saying the Apple Watch but I'm saying Smart watches, smart watches, smart yes. watches in general. I feel you a hundred percent. It deteriorated my mental health so much. You have no idea. I, like it, it, I was getting like crippling anxiety. Like I, I can't express to you how it made me I'm feel. I'm sorry that happened to you, but I'm glad it happened to someone else. Yeah, no, I went no. through the same thing 
And I had the same thought as you. You know what the best thing for me to do is? Take this off, put it on top of my dresser, and let it sit there. Yeah. I don't care about it anymore. Yeah. I had to feel that. I had to feel that to make me real. And don't get me wrong. Like, I'm a diehard fitness gal. Like, I love working out. I love tracking my fitness. But it was getting to a point where I was just, like, so unhappy. And I was like, no. And I'm working out to not feel unhappy. What is, there's a really messed up correlation here. So I had to take my watch off. I took it off. And I was like, but I still want, I still want to monitor some things, right? Like I, I still want to monitor, you know, like my sleep patterns. And like, I really liked that function despite like, I'm a I, knock on wood. I'm a sound sleeper. I, I don't have interrupted sleep, thankfully, but I still like, like to monitor that. I like to monitor my step count, you know, that kind of stuff. And so when Derek suggested I should try out the aura ring initially I was like I don't really understand the point of this but then when I took my watch off and I was only using my aura ring I was like wow I love this so much more because there is no screen there is no notification there is no buzzing that I'm feeling on my hand I'm not stressed and I wonder if that will also change the perspective that a lot of users might have um, when thinking about buying a galaxy ring on a complete other flip note as well, a narrative that I am seeing on TikTok recently um, is from a lot of younger people talking about how they do not like the appearance of a smartwatch because it's either too bulky or it doesn't go with their outfits or it just looks ugly. And they're opting to get an aura ring because the aura ring is fashionable. It looks nice. It goes with your outfits. Um, and I also wonder if that is going to be a plus point for Galaxy, like for, for Samsung, because it is a more fashionable product. You know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make some assumptions here. I assume more people watch those videos on TikTok than have ever bought an Aura Ring. Yeah. And I'm also going to assume that Samsung has looked into things like that to judge interest yeah. in a product like the Aura Ring. So maybe I am completely off base and this will be a huge hit. It's very possible. I honestly, I, I think time will tell. And when we learn more information about the Galaxy Ring, we'll learn, we'll, we'll understand, you know, more about it. But yeah, I just think it's... it's All it's, they need to do is come on stage with a reason why you have to have it, quote unquote. But are they... One thing. Are they more influential than Apple in doing that, though? Apple's not trying to sell a ring. I know, but but, it, but it's about how influential Apple is. Like, if Apple wants to say, oh, you should go and buy this toilet paper, everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, Apple told me to buy this. It's going to be awesome for, you know what I mean? Like, if, if Samsung says that, the only people that will even listen, let alone be influenced, are people that already are in the Samsung ecosystem with other Samsung smart products. Those people. Tell those people this is why you really want this product. And that, that's what they have to do when they show it off whenever. Yeah, I guess time will tell everybody. Okay, sorry. I am, I'm just really excited. No, that was very insightful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming to my podcast, guys. <laughs> okay, I'm going to shut up. Okay, uh, let's talk about the things that made us happy this past week or month or whatever. We have, I mean, we're still trying to get back to the cadence of a regular podcast recording. Um, so 
tell me what ha- what made you happy this past week or month, whatever whatever you want to say. Well, I I can go because, as usual, it's really basic and really stupid. It's not going to be just, but just go. Well, it's called the bacon wave. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I know you you don't eat meat, so oh, maybe okay, you okay, got to okay. sit this one out. But it's this little plastic deal that you put together, and it's got you know little holders in it. And you take a pack of bacon, or well, a half a pack of bacon. I think it only holds 12 strips. And you set them in there and stick these skewers through it. You stick it in the microwave for like four minutes, and your bacon comes out perfect. Cool. Way better than I could cook it on a skillet. And I like to eat. In the microwave. Does it not get, like, clammy and soggy? <laughs> nope. Nope. That's, you know, that's, that's exactly what I thought. I saw this. Somebody... I saw uh, actually a YouTube short, somebody testing this thing, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be garbage. i got to watch this. Numera's so skeptical right now. She's like, what the heck? I was too. Okay, so I don't eat bacon. I've only ever had beef bacon, and that's even more clammier than, I assume, like pork (laughs) bacon. I wouldn't know. I've never had it, but that's a very odd discovery. (laughs) But you know what? It was only 12 bucks on Amazon. That's why I went ahead and like, you know what? I know this is going to suck, but it's only $12. I want to experience the suckiness for myself. So we got it here, bought some just cheap, the cheapest bacon, all full of fat, nasty. I wanted it to fail. Oh, my God. Stuck it in there, and it came out perfect like you would get at a restaurant. I am so amazed. And now we have eaten so much bacon the past week and a half. Lord have mercy. All right. Well, I'm happy that makes you happy. That's that's all that matters. <laughs> I told you it was dumb and basic, but no, it's I great. am who I am. It's well, great. My in-laws have used that thing for years. Yes, I will attest to what Jerry is saying. I don't know why I never bought one, but I just What is it, it you called? You told me about this years ago. What is it called? It's called bacon the wave. bacon wave. Bake and wave. No, bacon. Bacon oh, wave. bacon wave. Bacon wave. Yeah, it's a wave. play on words. Images. Well, oh, interesting. That's, okay. That's All right. Well, you see how it works? The little skewers hold everything yeah, in place. Yeah, yeah, Your yeah, bacon yeah. doesn't even fall over. That's that's actually, you know what? That's probably why it turns out so well because it's like getting cooked on all sides and it's not like. And it's not sitting in its own grease. Yeah. Okay. 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 Well, I mean, that's kind of cool, actually. I I mean, I don't eat but meat, I, but I, yeah, that's interesting. I just figured it would come out of the microwave. It'd be like rubber. <laughs> this is going to be so nasty. It's going to be amazingly nasty. But it wasn't. Amazing. Okay. Who wants to go next? Well, uh, again, mine is also really stupid, but... Um, I got two more piercings this week, Yay! so I'm like, super happy about that. Fun. Yeah, bringing my total to uh, seven. How- I have seven piercings. Oh my gosh, that's so. That- <laughs> I would have never guessed, but that's kind of cool. <laughs> Me either. That's just surprising. I wouldn't yeah, have. Yeah, I know. She's a she's Can a I ask you? Like- she's a badass. You're, you're yeah, the only sure. person I know with a lot of piercings. Have you ever had to get an MRI? <laughs> Um, thankfully, no. Okay, I, if you do, I wonder if they make you take all of that out. Yes, they do, actually. They, they I have to get would, yeah. for my teeth. It well, that's, inter- that's interesting, because I, I have quite a few piercings. So I have one, two, I have three, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in my ears in total. And then I have my nose piercing. And when I um, got my... Uh, 
an x-ray done for my teeth they didn't ask me to take it off which is convenient for me but yeah i don't that's interesting oh so now you're walking around with radioactive metal in the side of your head <laughs> they, you're gonna turn into spider-man oh gosh uh well that's exciting namira i'm happy for you okay next. yeah that's neat Did, can you share where they are or is it that too personal no 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 <laughs> i'm not that experimental <laughs> i wish but no <laughs> Fair enough. That's fine. They're all in my ears, so it's like one helix and the others are all just on my earlobes. That's so Actually, cool. I wanted to get my nose pierced, but I don't know. You would look good. It's a vibe for me. You would look good with a nose piercing. I feel like it would look too traditional. Why? That's um, what I thought too. And then when I got it, it I don't think I look traditional. I think I look sexy, dude. Okay, I have an issue with like authority and traditions. So like people expect me to have one because I'm married. And that makes me not want to have one. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Like, um, no, I won't do it. <laughs> no. You know, when, when I was a dumb teenager back in the early 80s, I pierced my lip. Oh. Myself in my, Ooh, in my room. Cool. Oh, jeez. No, not cool. I don't know how you That sounds did. horrible. It was, but, oh, you know, hey, that, that was the thing my piercings. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I, I don't know how you all deal with it. Even after it healed, I hated it. Oh, well, I, I don't know. I, um... <laughs> It wasn't that big of a deal for me, but I, I did sneeze right after they pierced my nose, though, which is kind of funny. But uh, OK, Nick, your turn. OK, so what's making me happy is currently happening outside and it's snowing. currently snowing. Oh, like, I hate you. It's like I hate you. it's Goodbye. like real snow, too. It's not this Aww. crap nonsense that we've got. I, I literally just looked outside and my jaw dropped. I was like, oh, oh yes, <laughs> finally snow. <laughs> yeah, it's coming down here, too. It's oh, good. so good. All right. It's terrible. I gotta see you. this once before I die. I'll, I'll take, I'll take pictures. No, you no, you don't. You're not missing nothing. This is horrible. <laughs> yeah, no, don't listen to them, Namira. No, don't listen to them. It sounds magical. No, it, it is. is it is best. magical. It is magical. That's amazing. It's not as good as a bacon wave. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's just snow. Snow and ice sucks. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, I can't believe I left Florida for this. <laughs> but Nick, how much snow are you getting? Uh, I don't know. I'll have to look later. It's because it's kind of hard to see from where I'm at. We're we're supposed to get like I mean, eight inches, I think. Down we weren't down supposed the to get any, but nobody has any idea what the weather's going to yeah. do here because of the mountains. So right, I just live here, and then weather happens to me. <laughs> right, they said that down at the bottom of the mountain here, it's going to get about eight inches. We've got about thirteen so far. Oh, no, on top no. of ice. So I mean, I could still Thank see the little grass popping out, but the fact that the ground is white right now is like. It's, it's more snow than we've had in two years. <laughs> Tomorrow it'll probably be 50 degrees, and it'll all melt and flood the creeks. It's weather here is stupid. We're <laughs> we're gonna be getting quite a bit of a dumping next week. We had a, we had a dumping last week, but we're gonna get more next week. So that's that's gonna be fun. Um, no, I love that. That's exciting for you, Nick. I'm I'm very happy. I love. But I, I know what you mean. Is it the big fluffy snow that's just coming down in droves? It's so yes, it like, makes everything it's real the quiet nicest, outside. Fluffiest yeah. looking stuff. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Yeah, I know what you mean. As soon as we're done, <laughs> I hate it, but I can see it is peaceful and relaxing. It it's is lovely. It it's is my favorite. I wish it snowed more here. I love it. Uh, okay. Uh, what made me happy? Um, the snow that made me happy. Uh, also, I I finished three books as of now um for the new year um 
One of them, it's not my favorite book, but I, I really did enjoy reading it. It's called Monstrilio. It is, uh, it's not a translated fiction, I don't think so, but um, it is by a, I want to say a Mexican author or Spanish. I can't, I, I, I did not do my research on this. I should have, but uh, basically the book is about a, uh, a husband and a wife who lose their child and the wife ends up taking a a piece of lung from her son and then feeds the lung and grows it into a monster. It sounds really weird. I I know it sounds really weird, but it's actually like the premise of the book is so interesting and it's amazing. And I really, really enjoyed reading it. Um, and I guess the other thing that made me really happy and exciting, I wasn't going to mention it, but I guess I will, is I started my own TikTok channel and it's just been really fun to be like, creative that's not work related um I used to be a youtuber back in the day I did a lot of video stuff and to get back into it has just been really really exciting and fun I haven't like been thinking about anything except just the content that I want to put out and I'm just having a lot of fun with it so that's um that's that's been that and it's just been a great past couple of weeks but yeah, that's me. Cool. Um, I just I, I looked it up real quick while you were talking. He's a uh, Gerardo Samano Cordova is a writer and artist from Mexico City. There we go. Well, thank you so much for looking it so, up. Yes. yes. Uh, well, you were busy. I'm not. <laughs> he was. Uh, his his writing was beautiful. It was very very well done. I I was I was very. Well, it sounded really interesting. So I looked it up so I can buy the book. Yeah, uh, I highly recommend it. It's it's very very good. Um, uh, I would do check trigger warnings, though, because it, it does talk a lot about grief. And Jerry, we can talk about that after. I can give you a little bit more details on that. But it's it's very, very good, though. Um, but that being said, thank you so much. Wherever you're listening to us, whether it's in the morning, afternoon, or night, we truly, truly appreciate you taking the time and listening to our podcast. And we will catch you guys very soon. Bye! Bye!